Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. In this monthly Market Insights update, Phil Atreed, Head of Investment Consulting, talks to Will Hobbs, Chief Investment Officer, about the recent rally in stock markets and the latest changes in portfolio positioning. Hello and welcome to this October edition of Monthly Market Insights. I'm Phil Atreed, Barclays Head of Investment Consulting, and as usual, I'm joined by Will Hobbs, our Chief Investment Officer, as we look back over the last month's news flow and also look to the month ahead. So, well, September was a month where, I mean, capital markets uh, across the world took a bit of a pause for breath, maybe. Uh, the world was reminded that there's a pretty challenging uh, political timetable as we head into the end of the year, but also the economic recovery, which we've seen you know, now some way off of its um, lows from earlier on in the year, um, does seem to have slowed a little bit. How would you characterise the uh, last month or so for, from the team's perspective, though? Yeah, yeah. Hi, Phil. Um, yeah, it's been a very busy month. I think that's the first thing to say. Again, newsflow wise, certainly the politics has been centre stage for, for for much of that time. However, we've also had a slight slip in the just looking at the sort of you know shorthand for expectations, professional forecasters' expectations with regards to delivery of a you know a viable, widely available um, vaccine, approved vaccine. That timetable seems to have slipped a little bit in investors' minds. So you've seen the probability just 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 pair back a little bit with regards to you know a delivery in the first half of uh, of next year. I'm not sure there was too much new in the last month in terms of news flow. Nonetheless, you know, relative to expectations, none that would sort of change materially change our range of probabilities. But I thought one one interesting sort of talking about changing expectations. One interesting thing I did see, and you and I have spoken about this before, was you know the Bank of England were pointing out that back in May their expectation for the UK economy. And remember that the professional forecasters at this time were much gloomier uh, than the central bank uh, forecasters in large part. Anyway, they were expecting the UK economy over the course of Q3 to be about 20% below uh, its pre-COVID level in terms of output. By the time they get to now, while we're recording, or just a week of the recording, the expectations the Bank of England has for the same period, at the end of Q3, uh, is about minus 3 or 4% down on its uh, pre-COVID average. Now, you've had, like I say, professional forecasters have had an even bigger uh, jump to make, but that really does show you how far expectations have moved over the course of the um, uh, the last few months. And that also underlines, in my opinion, um, you know, it sort of helps explain at least or provide useful context for um, that sharp, dramatic rally uh, in, in stock markets that we've seen over the last couple of quarters. It's not founded on hot air. It's founded on changing, you know, changed expectations uh, with regards to the underlying economy, the UK is, uh, you know, similar to the rest of the world. Uh, consumption has proved to be more robust than feared, uh, and policymaker action has been uh, more vigorous. And so, just looking back at those um, political risks for investors, they seem to be, you know, evolving pretty quickly. We've obviously got Brexit very much sort of uh, front and centre of people's minds from a UK perspective, and of course, the headlines are full uh, of US election news flow as well. How are the team sort of thinking about both of those uh, two elements, the impacts potentially for portfolios and any related action that you guys might be looking to take? Yeah, I mean, with regards to Brexit, we'd sort of fall back on the idea that, you know, most of the time, the UK economy is just not a major player in the world's capital markets. Even those, you know, domiciled in the UK, to be honest, it tends to be the US economy somewhat perversely that's the you know, the major influence most of the time in, in UK um, domiciled assets or UK quoted um, quoted assets. 
So, you know, Brexit, if we look at it, you know, there's a fairly narrow range now of expectations with regards to what happens at the end of the year from a very skinny trade deal to a you know, an exit without a deal. The economic consequences of those, it's again, quite a narrow range in a sense. So, you know, one has to wonder whether it's that important for the world of investments. It's very important for those, for those of us living in the UK. But for the world of investments, I'm not sure it's, it's not going to be the primary story in many senses. Um, there are going to be other factors to consider. With regards to US elections, I mean, in a way, it's a similar story. But, you know, when you're taking a position on something like this, and you're sort of saying, okay, well, I want to uh, try and beat the market here. I think the market is underestimating the potential for this particular policy or that particular policy. Um, in that situation, you've got to identify the particular policy to start with. You've also got to identify that the market is underpricing the risk that that policy will be implemented. So you've got to go back and say, okay, well, I, you're going to take a guess at the political hue of Congress. You're also going to take a guess at the occupant of the White House. Uh, by then, you know, the wedge of probabilities has got so thin uh, that you wonder if there's really any point in making a, a strong move in the first place. Um, and if you do spot, you know, it, it, the opportunities are few and far between on that space. And so, you know, if we're looking at the US elections in general, and people are looking potentially at the aftermath, but what you'll see already, just to that kind of efficient pricing story, is a kind of uh, a volatility kink in the options curve. So, you know, what you can see is kind of forward pricing is already assuming, investors are already assuming uh, that we're going to see uh, sustained volatility after the U.S. elections. So, if something is expected, uh, it makes it harder to to take a different different uh, different position, unless you think that uh, the market is wrong in that expectation. But for our sense, we don't have a strong enough conviction here to take um, to take positions. We focus on the, you know the primary drivers of capital markets, which most of the time are not the occupant of the uh, the White House. And, and I suppose that just leads me on to our usual um, sort of regular uh, sort of final piece, the, the client portfolios and funds that we're running, uh, the, the client money that we have uh, under management and its positioning. The tactical element of the portfolio is still very slightly tilted, particularly in the, uh, in the riskier part of the fixed income, the bond part of portfolios, for slightly better times, positioned for, for slightly better times there. Maybe if you could just share some thoughts from the team around our current asset class positioning. Yeah, sure. So, so, I mean, I think better times relative to expectations as priced into those assets. And so if we look at, you know, government bonds in particular, you know, we've thought this for some time. We still think it, we do sense check this view, uh, you know, on a regular basis and really put the stress through it. And we still, we still find, you know, sufficient support for this view, let's say, which is that the growth and inflation outlook baked into, you know, the yield curve, the long end, is just too gloomy relative to our expectations of what will likely, or the range of probabilities that will likely materialise. So we're holding on to that underweight position. We own a few less government bonds than we usually do. But on the high yield space, it's interesting because you know, you, uh, you know, what you found is the spread over government bonds has come in a long way. That's been very good for holders of uh, of junk credit, so called junk credit. We think there could be still a bit more to squeeze out of it. And the, the thing that's interesting here is that the policy response, particularly the Federal Reserve has really changed the kind of roster of risks that you look at with regards to high yield to a certain extent. It's maybe minimized something uh, in that kind of uh, in that spectrum of risks. Um, and so we think that at least it deserves to go back to, you know, the spreads deserve to go back to kind of pre-crisis average. And, and so there may be still a little bit more to squeeze squeeze out there. So those are the, those are the sort of major, major positions that we have at the moment. And like you say, the tilt is slightly to the positive. The belief that, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, the glass is half empty at the moment for investors. That's not too hard to verify. We look at all sorts of investor sentiment indicators and both of most of them are pointing to investors viewing the world with some suspicion at the moment, which is understandable. We're entering what is likely to be a very challenging winter. 
But, you know, we have to look a little bit beyond that um, with our tactical asset allocation. And looking beyond that, we see um, reasons to be cautiously optimistic, I would say. Thanks, Will. Really very useful update uh, as we head into the autumn. Uh, We'll, of course, be back next month. But for those listeners who want to stay in touch with us in between now and next month's edition, please do seek out our regular weekly Word on the Street podcast uh, that you'll be able to find on all of the usual channels. Uh, And in particular, uh, a little more detail, we recently uh, issued an autumn edition of that as a special as well, which we know um, has been well received by many of the listeners. Otherwise, uh, we look forward to being back with you next month. All investments can fall as well as rise in value, and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.